This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael Willer. I am a chubby chaser, and this morning I am a spooked out boy. <laughs> we caught a we caught a ghost on our camera last night. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. probably not, but also there's something flying through one of our cameras that's un undetermined origin. So that was a fun way to wake up. Hey there, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and uh, today I am a drone-using drone boy. I've been flying this <gasps> tiny little drone around Las Vegas uh, through Michael's <laughs> living room, and it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a connection here. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and today I am a nicely caffeinated, overcast day outside in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Dan's yeah. weather report. That's I, I always give my weather report. I think it's very important for everyone to know how I am feeling about the weather before we start <laughs> the show. <laughs> and um, yes, I, uh, I'll probably, it'll be a nice thing to, to make it to the gym with. Uh, I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And today I'm a, I don't know, checking things off the list, boy. I recently checked off some very long, long overdue. Uh, oh, good to-do list things doesn't that feel uh, good yes like the well, vintage the items get knocking them off the list is just mm. <laughs> vintage i love it uh welcome to the show everybody yeah. uh we've got some i mean this may not be so exciting for the listeners but oh we've it's very got exciting. Some exciting news <laughs> what are you talking about it's we, underwear michael it's, it's underwear. underwear we have a new affiliate that we'd like to announce uh we are uh working with bearskin um, and you can use the promo code BigFatGayPod, no spaces, uh, to get 15% off your purchases of their underwear, which we've talked about before on the show and we really like. Very stylish, very comfortable. Yeah. And uh, we get a little kickback for that. Um, Trevor, do we have... We, the plan is to have an affiliates page on our yes. website so that everything's very easy to find. We're working on that, I think think is that it might so even be up today wow. it might even be up by the time you see this hear this you can't see us we're just talking to the void. <laughs> talking in the void <laughs> um <laughs> thank you to uh bigger city as always for uh directly uh sponsoring the show every episode we really really appreciate it um and to our uh patreon patrons uh for also directly sponsoring and supporting the show oh i i feel like we need a third we're get we're building a trifecta of affiliates. We have Big Fig, we have underwear, mm -hmm. and I feel like Lube. Skin, yeah. Like I don't know what what Lube what would the next. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of opinions on Lube. I could go after that market. Lube is a very <laughs> it's a very polarizing thing though. Like yeah, some people really stand by one or the other. So as do I. I. That could be. A I good met one. someone once who made their own Lube. Oh, don't oh. trust people who make their own Lube. I'm sorry. What? Like he made his own Lube. Apparently, he was allergic to uh, the to ingredients what? in common Lube. I don't know. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Common lube. Sure. Did not work. <laughs> this is very, Just this leave is it at that. Hit the button, very, Michael. <laughs> I, I, I am dis discomfortable with this conversation. Oh, that's not half that's as uncomfortable as I was. <laughs> I, almost, I almost hit the mailbag music because... <laughs> Not to spoil the rest of the episode, but it will become relevant soon. Okay, pop culture. Pop culture, boys and boys. Baby, let's get into it. Uh, Washington Post has a very in-depth article uh, entitled New Marketing Push by Ozempic and Others Sparks Body Positive Backlash, written yeah. by Shane O'Neill. Yeah. It's about how Ozempic and Wagovi and these, these uh, weight loss drugs are specifically targeting body positive yeah. influencers to peddle their drugs to those people who follow them. Who are there? It's some of the finest astroturf I've ever seen. Like, holy shit. <laughs> it's holy was, shit. <laughs> I was thinking last night as I was laying in bed, because I was going over the episode again and I was getting very worked up about this story in particular. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Because like I also made the mistake of reading the comments on Oh, oh no, Trevor, Trevor, no. No, honey. <laughs> honey. And the 
I feel like as a fat person, as a very fat person, talking about any of these things, there's a whole thing of like, well, now, Trevor, you're just being fat about this. (laughs) (laughs) You sound fat when you say that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like if the NRA was doing a campaign talking about like, we need safer schools. (laughs) <laughs> right school shootings are a problem we need to talk about it's like okay well we have been talking about this and why have we been talking about this well like it's like you're the problem and like it's yeah. great that you want to help but i feel like it's really like you just want to help because you realize well and you can I, make money by well doing yeah, they're selling yeah. shit let's be clear no reagan chastain who you know is one of my heroes she absolutely captures this brilliantly. She says, look, you can talk against stigma as much as you want, but you cannot claim to be, to try to eradicate obesity without stigmatizing obese people. You right. can't, th- those are mutually yeah. exclusive. And that's her point. As long as you're trying to get, as long as you're trying to pathologize and get rid of this kind of person, you have, patho- you have, you've discriminated. You, you're, you're, it's bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think the one kind of like, I mean, there's a lot that's very interesting about this article, but there's a gray area talking point that I wanted to bring up, which is the idea of, you know, choosing to lose weight for whatever reasons you might choose. And like, is that okay? And I'm I'm not posing that I'm posing that rhetorically as a way to bring up the conversation mm-hmm. versus like, you know, these companies, uh, what is it? Uh, What's the parent company that owns all of these drugs? Novo Nordisk. No, no, yeah, Novo Nordisk. Nordisk. Like advertising to you to try and convince you to buy the drugs to lose weight. Like one of them feels like, okay, I've made my own educated choice based on my own needs. And the other one is, oh, we're preying on the people who aren't choosing this, who are going yeah. to weight loss. Or, sorry, again, not weight loss. <laughs> Body positive influencers. <laughs> it's it's getting cross in my mind now. Yeah. This is what they do to you. Mm. Um and that's where I think the distinction lies is that on one side, you have people who have specifically chosen to try and be happy in their bodies and love themselves regardless. Mm-hmm. And those are the people being targeted t- for weight loss. It's like planting landmines in these other messages, mm-hmm. you know, of like you're going to like you try and find something to make yourself feel good about yourself and accept your body. And then embedded in that message is that little poison pill. You could be, your body could only, you could only be happier if you take this product for selling it. Yeah. I think it's a little more insidious than that, Don, but yes, but yes, I think it's actually, huh? Who are the people who stand in the way of global domination of Novo Nordisk? It's yeah. body positive influencers mm-hmm. who yeah. are saying you could be, you know, like just, oh, it's, be, they're, they're buying them out. <laughs> they're buying yeah. them out. Wow. It is eliminating your competition by buying them out. Yeah. Or by making the others, if you can, if you or if you won't be bought out, well, obviously you're crazy, and uh, an intolerant, uh, you know, such and such. And this is the exact same thing that we talked about, uh, I think, a month or two ago with uh, Weight Watchers, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. bringing you know body positive influencers into their you know their Weight Watchers fucking spa or whatever it was to create content to advertise. Uh, Wagovi and Ozempic. Well, actually, and again, this was sponsored by Novo Nordisk. This well, is their partnership with Weight Watchers, right? But but again, it's it's economic because Weight Watchers saw medical intervention of things like Wagovi and Ozempic. They saw that as a threat to their business model, which is basically buy our stuff. It's about willpower, mm-hmm. and so they shifted their business model to do what? Well, to include the medical stuff, so they to- can sell it too. Yeah, yeah, to partner mm-hmm. with them, literally to partner, to partner with them. Well, again, they're selling their stuff. Right. It's coming from all sides is yeah. kind of the the feeling of it. But the article also interviews a handful of people, including Virgie Tuvar, who's been a Fat Watch uh, spotlight feature. Spotlight, feature. thank you. As, <laughs> who's been a Fat Watch uh, feature before. And uh, Tigress Osborne, of course, friend of the podcast. Um, and <laughs> and, uh, whenever Tigress comes up in one of these articles, just like how she is in life for me it is such a grounding presence because it is <laughs> she is always says the perfect thing um like just in the the sea she of discourse and has just a like, way to distill oh my God, the message. <laughs> she's ready on the spot she is ready to talk yeah mm-hmm. i will say that this all this does get at something which is a very old controversy and where this really lives and breathes and that is 
is being fat an identity or a condition? And the the problem is that people have people take sides on that. People say, well, it's both. People say a lot of things, but that's where this lives and breathes. And it's it's a lot in the same way that a lot of people have the same debate about, for example, being gay. Like, are you just is that just a condition because sometimes people are not gay or they choose mm-hmm. or is that like an identity and you're part of a gay community and it has the same impact as if somebody came up with this pill like oh we could make you not gay if you take this pill mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you if y'all are old enough to remember that was one of the litmus tests for i guess gay activism in the old days yeah. was like well if you could take a pill and not be gay would you take it and the correct answer <laughs> was the correct answer was no you wouldn't take it but Sorry, you know, a lot I of people just, would uh, I imagine someone's like, oh no, I, for, I forgot to take my gay, my gay pill. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you think about it and it, 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 and you'll even see it in, I think one of the X-Men movies where they come up with a cure for being yeah. a mutant and the way it divides mm-hmm. the community. And that's in some ways <laughs> deliberate. I think that's very accurate because there is, I've seen this like analysis of kind of scenes in that movie where it's like storm who can control the weather telling rogue like no you don't need to cure yourself and it's like she can't touch and like she can't have any kind of physical contact with anyone or she'll kill them and it's like no you're perfect the way you are and it's like i i feel like am i yeah (laughs) and i think that's kind of what a lot of like the the kind of the conversation here where it's like you know people who are i think it's not even really fat like how fat they are it's like how what ailments they have that they attribute to their fatness yeah um Hmm. like you know the the woman in the article who um you know had sleep apnea and acid reflux and you know it's like well i i need to lose weight because it's these these things are happening but both of those things she could you know i lose however much weight and still have sleep apnea and acid reflux yeah. You mean like thin people do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where this lives is that there, you can't just say, oh, it's a bad idea. You can't just make it identity versus condition because, you know, if, if you are, you know, if you're 700 pounds, I, I could understand why you would like, you might want to be less fat to do, be able to do certain things. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also something in, which is, I find, especially with just, you know, the, this the latest in an ongoing conversation that has just been going yeah. on forever. The way that fat people are t- spoken to about this as if they have not spent their entire lives yeah. being oh, told yeah. every yeah. single diet, every single method of weight loss. Like it's just it's infuriating. Yeah, and they, they always just, assume you know nothing about it, that you've never considered it. That, like, <laughs> oh gosh, you mean there are these things called calories? Right. That well, they're or, the or. first person <laughs> yeah. to tell you. <laughs> yep. Well, and even more than that, because you know something I say in my book is that science always marches forward, has it has significant improvements, but science never says it's sorry. And if you're the fat person who's been offered the latest greatest intervention for weight loss, you know. 15 times over the past 14 years mm-hmm. it's it, science always presents it as well this is clearly the answer i don't know why you don't understand that this is the answer except you know they've, they've said that 15 times exactly answers. i mean the, <laughs> it's a couple different things answers. yeah yeah i don't know if it was uh one episode two episodes ago whenever we talked about the obesity bill of rights in that article and the the woman in it who has spent her entire life trying to lose weight via different methods and is now saying like well what about these weight loss drugs? It's like, okay, but like, I understand. And maybe that will finally be the magic bullet. Well, but it's like, I don't know. She, you've, if you've been doing this for like 60 years yeah, and done everything, it's going to feel like one more step on the hamster wheel is all it's going to feel like. Well, you know? I, I just, you know, you, if you go back in science, it's like, you know, remember the good old days of 1932 and the, you know, the, the solution to weight loss was crystal meth. <laughs> and you know you go a little farther ahead and this i love that the younger guys on the call both laugh both joke and laugh and the older guys are like yep 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 uh, judy Garland you guys were not alive then to be clear <laughs> no but we but we're of an age where we know what judy garland died of yeah um, uh and it's 
it's the same with like, oh, well, obviously, you know, remember, I remember that article, it's, in, it's indelible in my mind of uh, that NPR article talking about how kids are not getting enough past, uh, gastric bypass surgery. I am uh, still because just like it's that. the solution, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I I like the, the as infuriating as this article was. I liked you know great work by Shane O'Neill because this is something that was happening kind of very much on Instagram, and I wanted a digestible way to share it with listeners who aren't really in that. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, so good job, Washington Post. Yeah, yeah, the fight goes yeah. on. But we're, there we're, are... we're shifting gears <laughs> now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Get out of it. Pull the ripcord. <laughs> pull out. Pull out. Pull out. <laughs> um, the Today Show. Of has, all places, uh, the Today Show. I love this. Of, and, of all places, they have some some hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> Who'd have thought? I love this because it's basically, um, the, 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 the segment is called How Power Plus Wellness is making exercise more inclusive. And it's basically uh, this amazing woman who has this dance background, who, as she got older and her body shape changed, got kind of like discouraged from dance. Like, you know, you'd be really great at dance if you didn't look like you. Jesse, and, Jesse Diaz Herrera, just to put yeah, it yes. Thank you. And so she she then, all right, well, fuck all y'all, I'll go into sports. And so then she went into sports <laughs> where mm-hmm. her body was a little more appreciated, uh, but eventually found her way back to dance and using dance and exercise as a way to make uh, a safe and pleasurable space for people to just move and enjoy their bodies. And yeah, literally has a, a studio with classes you can take. Mm. And my favorite part, I mean, they have a, you know, interview and video and everything, and they have a, a video showing one of her classes and it's, you know, there's the movement component, but it's also punctuated by affirmations yeah. that mm-hmm. you, you're not allowed to just say them. You got to shout them. It's almost <laughs> like, it's and shake like them. <laughs> yeah, like mm. you got to just really commit to the bit. And it was very cool to see that. Yeah. Um, and again, it's called power. Like- it's called power plus wellness. If you're trying to look it up. One thing yeah. I was unclear of, is this a female only thing or because I didn't see any men <sighs> that's a, in that's the That's a class. good question for yeah. Yep. yeah. Very I typical. So Very I went typical. to the website. I don't think so. And I think it's just the thing of, you know, I think maybe a couple of gay guys will go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. I think they, it's just, I, it's the thing we always run into where it's, you yep. know, <clears throat> the, the groups that are doing this are, you know, generally led by women and femmes because that is where the conversation is really happening yeah yeah um i want to do the ribbon dancing because i like that she expressed (laughs) the apprehension and that you know they do things that are not just that don't just feel safe that challenge you because i think i could be good at the ribbon dancing if i I, I didn't fall and crack my neck do you mean ribbon dancing or do you mean where they're like like, suspended in the air on it's the rhythmic gymnastics you mean right yes I yeah, guess yeah. I think of ribbon dancing because I imagine I'm a mouse on a. Yeah, a that's, big that's not what ribbon dancing is. <laughs> no, ribbon dancing is like twirling. <laughs> you, you, it looks like, um, oh God, what's the thing called that Pink does during her shows? There's a word for it. Suspension. Like, oh, silk work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's aerial work. Is that what you Aerial mean? work is what this really is. Okay. Yeah. And, and one of the points of, of the class is that you're actually, it's not just that you're pushing your body. Cause I mean, for, you know, if you're a heavy person and I do mean heavy, like you weigh a lot, mm-hmm. that might seem really unsafe that you're going to be suspended mm-hmm. over a wooden floor. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the thing is that they, uh, the woman makes a really good point that if you see other people who are your yeah. size, who are maybe even bigger than you, you see them doing it and they're not dying, that, wow, I, maybe I could do this. And that that's a lovely group uh, satisfaction. The thing that I noticed watching that was that uh, I always thought that would be very painful because you know, if, I don't know if you've ever been suspended by a harness, but all yeah. of your weight on those straps hurts, right? Um, but when I was looking at the, at the, that, the silk work, they can open the the cloth that's suspending them so that the the surface area holding you up doesn't have to be like a rope it can be like mm-hmm. a plane yeah yeah and i really it's like that. the difference mm-hmm. between holding a heavy grocery bag with plastic bags that cut into your hand yeah. versus like something that has a handle on it that's that spreads out the surface area and is much easier to hold yeah um yeah and and it's just so everyone knows it's the class is based in new york city however they do have online uh, you can you can tune in online and and you know, do do at least some of this stuff from home. Obviously, 
Probably not the silk work, yes. um, but they have other things you can tune into. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Trevor. I think we can sell hooks <laughs> in the ceiling. <laughs> uh, maybe so. I, maybe don't so. forget, the sling can be easily shipped out and switched for silk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Lord knows we haven't left of those. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I would be curious if listeners, like, if we maybe, um, I don't know, sponsored a one of their jiggle live or later virtual classes if we could do like a big fat gay pod class and like listeners. <laughs> crash there yeah <laughs> uh, i'd be down i would join for that let us know cool uh all right well onwards to the eagle take us away Bad watch 2024 on my giant ribbon my silk <laughs> <laughs> And I'm I'm contorting and twirling. <laughs> this just in, fat man hauled away by eagle. Look at him go. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the Metro UK, which you <laughs> kind of brace a little bit. Of course um, it's UK. Of course always. They have a... I love that Dear Abby is kind of our default-like description of this format. They have a write-in column. That's all advice, it is. It's, it's an advice column. It's an advice column, um, a la Dear Abby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the woman who wrote in writes, Dear M, uh, the name of the columnist is named M. Uh, Dear M, my mom is really... I love it's mum because it's British. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is really unsupportive with my body acceptance journey. I think it's mainly with me sharing it online and not understanding why I do it. I do think that some of the reason may be that she knows how much she has contributed to me feeling the way I do about my body for all these years. Mm-hmm. When I was at the height of my disordered eating and lost a lot of weight, she told me how she used to mutter fat-shaming things when I annoyed her or was naughty. As you can imagine, no matter oh my, my size at the time, this has impacted me dramatically as it's all I can hear her saying now that I have gained weight again. Recently at a wedding, when I had my friends tell me how proud they are of me and what I share online, my mom rolled her eyes. Mm. I honestly cannot imagine not being proud of my child when somebody is telling them that they're inspirational. I haven't addressed this with her as I don't really know how to bring it up. And the question is, should I bring it up? How do I bring it up? What do I do? Yeah. The advice finger basically says, yes, it's definitely, your mother's problem is definitely that she sees her own culpability, which I think is no, no, she does not. She absolutely does not. Yes. Yes. At the height of your, of the disordered eating, she did fess up to some things, but I'm sure if you've ever dealt with a difficult person that goes right out the window with the passage of time, it's, it's no, I think the eye roll is basically, I can't believe you're getting attention for behaving badly. That is being fat. And, and making me the scapegoat. Also, maybe, like, maybe, do I don't even think part of that. I maybe, but I don't think it descends to that. I think it's really, a, it's really this, it's the same trolling you get with any body positivity, which is like, I can't believe you're getting rewarded for this bad behavior. Interesting. Yeah. I, I generally liked the response. I thought yeah. it was very. Yeah, generally, yes, generally, yes. Um, which is basically good for you. Yes. And you. out of England, we also yeah, have right, to acknowledge that, it. <laughs> contextually speaking, we, we trash the UK quite a lot. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's nice to be able to highlight a, a more positive response. I also like that she, uh, the columnist writes that, you know, you can, you can bring this up with her if you want to, and you absolutely don't need to like, there's, yeah. there's no pressure on you to have to go solve this as this is a her thing that mm-hmm. you're just having to deal with because she's dumping on you. Um, so I, I appreciated that because as somebody who, who, feels the compulsion to fix things as quickly and as often as possible, it can be really helpful to have somebody just give you permission that you, you don't have to, like you can actually just, but this, this reaction from the mom is something that is very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of fat people too, where parents seem to have a very, um, rocky relationship with their children's bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. So like my father was extremely physically fit when he was young. My mother was a beauty queen. Um, and I was always a fat kid and both of them were always very uncomfortable with that. So whenever I was praised for something about my body, like being strong or anything, you could guarantee one of my parents was going to swoop in real quick to, you know, throw in a little something to balance it out. Yeah. 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 You know, because you you can't, that that cannot just stand unchallenged. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like there is something about being a parent in that situation that I don't understand. I I don't have a frame of reference for that. That I will say this, the thing I think that's most pernicious in this letter is the, the writer says, 
I hear her voice, her mother's voice in my own head. And because I, I would be willing to bet that, you know, that the, the writer and, and her and their mother don't spend that all that much time together oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. because of this issue. Right. So, but that voice in the head and I recently, uh, you know, I teach a monologue class, a class in writing monologues. And one of my students came, you know, was actually talking about this, about her own body acceptance journey. And she had this really great way of encapsulating this. She talks about going to therapy to, I love this word, neutralize the voice of her mother in her head. Her mother's yeah. long dead. Like there's nothing to clean up with her mother. Her mother's dead. And, but, the, but that voice still continues, right? Internally. And you hear it in, and you hear it in yeah. your mother's voice. It's not just some chatter in the background saying, you know, you should lose weight. It's the, the voice of a person and it's your mm-hmm. mom. And I love the use of the word neutralize. And she talked about going to therapy to neutralize the voice because you're never going to get rid of it. It's never going to disappear, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to have a grip on you. And it can be like, you know, a radio in another room as opposed to a loudspeaker in front of you. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to underline everything that Dan just said. It is yeah. 100% accurate. I can attest to it completely. Yeah. And stop I, trying I to get rid have, of it. Yeah. I don't have my mother's literal voice in my head, but like the words, the words yeah. are being puppeted in my own voice, which is even more insidious. Oh my know? God. So yeah. Yep. They have a purchase on the beach, you know? That, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Thank you, M for, uh, M Clarkson yeah. for, uh, showing us things that across they, the pond yeah. aren't all the, just grim. Well, it's appropriate that we started off with her since today's entire episode is mailbag. That's true. Yes. Oops. All mailbag, <laughs> which I don't we know. Need to, we need to do a little catch up. All right, All right, give us that. Uh, give us that mailbag yeah. music. Let's do it, mailbag. Should I go? Yeah. Damn. In episode one sixty six, age before booty. Yes. Uh, we had a, we had a letter about that, and a listener writes, "Hey, I wanted to bring up a sort of addendum to the episode about aging in the community." Uh, Don touched upon this, but I feel like as a chub who's approaching thirty, I'm starting to get more luck with chasers. Yep, I've heard this before. Uh, while this could be due to a number of factors, I think part of it is it's kind of hard to be fat, gay, and young at the same time. Oh, when yeah. I was in my early 20s, it felt like I was primarily attractive to older chubby chasers, and I couldn't really find chasers my own age. Now, however, I'm not only finding more guys in my age range who are open, but I also feel like I attract those younger chaser types as more of a big daddy, daddy bear type. Does that make hmm. sense? Just a thought as we approach the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, we, uh, we've I been think, catching up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this came in a while ago. Uh, um, yes, I mean, yes, I think that's absolutely accurate. I also think there is a thing now in vogue. You know, when I was growing up in the gay community, like 30 was like, I mean, have you made your grave arrangements yet? You are 30. Like it was death. Yeah. And all of a sudden it reversed itself where it's like, oh my God, they're not even 30. I couldn't possibly date someone in high school. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. 30 yet. <laughs> I think the millennial generation was yeah. the one that broke that because I remember hearing people talk about that when I was, you know, 21, 22 in LA. And, you know, my, a lot of my friends were quite a bit older, you know, anywhere between 30 and 50. And they would talk about, you know, hitting your thirties in that exact same way, which never made sense to me. Yeah. And I never heard anyone else my age talk about that in the gay context it was only in terms of actors and their looks that's where i heard that primarily but as far as like gay people my age didn't i mean i know it's a thing for people to age in general but it wasn't that you know hitting 30 was death kind of well and it's Mm -hmm. also if you look at it's being older has become so much more popular as you see now with the dad bodies you see with facial hair as you see with everybody trying to run as far away as they can from the twink syndrome and trying to look older and um i i you know oh. guys who are in their 20s apologizing for being young when they approach an older gentleman for a day yeah that's a little weird that i i i have gotten that a couple times well because they've been slapped yeah. down so hard like oh my god you're 22 i couldn't possibly i, I mean oh, bleh, okay. bleh, bleh, barf, yeah. um it's it's yeah. very rampant and and again it's just the pendulum swinging the other way because when i was growing up and i was in my early 20s i remember thinking like oh my god i would never date someone 30 something oh my god bleh. <laughs> oh yeah like the crypt keeper if they're 30 something <laughs> that's so foreign to me that's yeah. so interesting but the, our our listeners experience is very similar to mine mm-hmm. we're like i i could not meet anyone my own age until i hit my 30s 
Like I could only meet older guys, yeah. guys in my age group either didn't exist or were not interested in someone my age. Now I have um, a question though, cause that's also been, I won't say couldn't, I would say my interest was primarily in older guys until I hit my late twenties and that started shifting closer and closer to just my age mm-hmm. as I'm now in my <laughs> early thirties. And I wonder if that's, was that your experience as a matter of choice or no, was it's that, availability. Okay, so like, it was literally, literally just nothing else is yeah. in front of you. I, I do think that people have age tastes the same way they have a lot of other tastes in partners. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, but I think they flex over a lifetime. They can broaden a bit. Yeah, sure. As you des- as you decide that or you see that, oh, this thing I thought was attached to age really isn't. Yeah. Uh, like maturity, right? But, you know, I've always liked younger guys which worked really well when I was in my twenties and I was lucky enough to hit this curve that when I got into my forties, younger guys were into me because I, because older guys like me were dish of the day. So it's always sort of work that younger guys were either interested <laughs> in me contemporaneously or, you know, as I got older um, right. and we'll see how long I can give that up. You know, I don't know. I'm curious, Trevor, <laughs> what's your experience been? Cause I feel like you and I um, could have had overlapping experiences. I, uh... I think it's more, kind of more similar to you where just like, I hated guys my age. <laughs> People your own and age were fucking annoying in your 20s. Are you kidding garbage. Like, and I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, guys in their 20s now, it's like, they got to be at least like 25, really. Yeah. It's like their brain is like, a, it's an egg yeah. that is cooked. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, biologically, that's true. I know that I, yes, I know. <laughs> and it shows. Because <laughs> um, I have yeah. just like uh, younger guys, I just. Well, and the by the worst. way, I remember what I was like in my early 20s. I wouldn't date that guy. He, he, was, mm. he was an idiot. <laughs> yeah, same here. I will say the younger guys I've, I've been meeting lately, they have a much higher emotional intelligence than Don't they? guys yes. of my generation did by Absolutely a long true. shot. Yep. Um, they're, they're not always, I feel like certain other aspects of knowledge have been sacrificed for that in some cases, but, um, but they definitely know their, know their selves, know their goals, know their, uh, know their wants way better than I did at their age. And I'm, I'm so impressed by that. Hmm. I also think as an older person, I have more to, I have more to say on like to some, like I've spent my career either teaching or mentoring people 20 to 25. And when I was 20 to 25, I was kind of useless at that. And, you know, now as I, and now as I'm much older, many times older, I was like, oh yeah, I actually have something to, let me, let me tell you about that. And here's how that's going to go. And we, we have a bunch of these to get through. Yeah, we do. Okay. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you, listener. Um, I'll, I'll read the next one. How about that? Uh, episode 167. That's so interesting. Uh, listener writes, just finished listening to episode 167 and the discussion on fat celebrities and weight loss. You mentioned recording the episode on Sunday night, so this isn't really about timing. After talking about Jonah Hill and fat representation, Trevor recommended the new trailer for Nick Frost's upcoming movie, Crazy House. This stuck out for me because just the before, Nick Frost posted a photo of his recently shaved face looking lean. It drew some congratulatory comments and a few jokes about an Ozempic quip, and in a few jokes including an Ozempic quip. And that reminded me of an old mad TV sketch with Will Sasso after he lost weight Mm -hmm. and the other Mm -hmm. cast members teasing him about losing all of his talent with it. Yeah. I may be a chaser, but I try to be supportive of anyone losing weight. If it's someone close to me, I do ask if it's because they wanted to and not because they felt pressure to. I prefer everyone to be happy over being fat or skinny. Thanks for sharing the conversation. That's really great. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I remember that sketch on Mad TV. Yeah. It was Do, brutal. Yeah. I don't oh, remember it was that. Brutal. Oh, it, it like it was it was kind of horrible. Like it's it's I'm not sure it was even funny, except it was true that Will Sasso loses weight and the whole cast is like, oh gosh, I guess are you even funny? I mean and nobody laughs at him and they well, treat and then him there's a whole and, thing where he's like going around and he's like just binge eating. And then, like, oh, they put him trying in a to fat gain the suit, weight back. and he yeah. like falls through the floor or something. He's like, "I'm funny again." Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Well, making fun of the trope <sighs> that you can only be a fat clown, so he tries to gain the weight back, get in the fat suit, so that he's allowed to do pratfalls and be made fun of. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Wow. It's really that's because I can it's see that as smart. being yeah, like a really like 
it's hard to watch in terms of just being a sketch because mm-hmm. it's cringy, but as a commentary, it's really incisive. It's like, spot on. Spot yeah. on. Yeah. That's interesting. That's one of those weird overlaps where it's like you have a platform and the platform is intended for you to just be funny and entertain people, but you want to say something and saying it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so they're not mm-hmm. going to laugh, but it is also true. Yeah. Cause you're pointing out the tropes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm still excited for, for crazy house. The trailer is baffling, but it looks yes. interesting at the very least. <laughs> uh, I do, I do want to read this next letter, um, based uh, on episode 168, skinny dip or chunky dunk listener writes, gentlemen, remember that many people need arms on doctors, waiting room chairs to help them get up from a seated position. So there really does need to be some with and some without. And yes, yeah. That is absolutely true. We did not mean to eradicate all arms yeah, from all our doctors' offices. I think I offices. remember this. I think somebody on the show said, like, why do we need them at all? And, you know, we sometimes we'll say stuff like that just for the comedic effect. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're actually advocating for no yeah. chairs to have arms ever again. This is absolutely correct. Uh, we need a variety. I, we just need, uh, you know. Well, and I, I can attest I'm an arm stander. Yeah, <laughs> I think wide chairs with arms for people who need a wide chair and also need arms to support them in getting up. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like you're saying we need a variety of sitables. Yeah, we just need a variety, and, it, and and the the discussion is certainly intended to raise that kind of awareness to the degree yeah. that we possibly could. Um, no, we just need those cafe folding chairs that they have in Paris. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Boo! Oh my god. I just sat. Oh, where was I? I was in Seattle, and there was a like an open square and like a you know a Saturday afternoon like music small little music festival and you know food trucks and stuff, and the tables and chairs they had there were metal, but they were. <laughs> almost intentionally flimsy. I couldn't believe, like I sat down in one of the chairs and I could feel the legs of the chairs like spreading across wow. the concrete mm-hmm. below me. I hate that feeling like, so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm Those plastic chairs. I drive me crazy. I'm not light, but I'm not, you know, hu- I'm like two fifteen right now. So like, I can't imagine who designed that chair, had their tester sit on it and said, ah, that's as good as it needs to be. I love the mm. number of leaps of faith you just made in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will bring you and Trevor up to this square Absolutely. in Seattle and have you sit on those chairs and you tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. Once Dan can, you know, pull the legs out of me <laughs> and, and help me off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don, uh, did you want to do the 170? Sure. From episode 170, we did it, Joe. Having just listened to your recent podcast, i.e. Scammers, just realized I was scammed last November on ordering a Stanley coffee mug from an advertising website posted on Facebook. Uh, Red flag. Yeah. Facebook. Immediate red flag. Yeah. Order placed. Within a week, I received a confirmation email with a tracking waybill. Checking the tracking website. This is always where you notice the first problem. Mm -hmm. I noticed errors, which uh, boggled me again, uh, which boggled me. Origin location that the item was being shipped from was misspelled. The Mm. date the shipment was to be delivered was suspicious. Mm. Having received nothing, I was told to contact the U.S. Postal Service to follow (laughs) on the shipment. Yeah. A bit bizarre since the method of shipment was used to either DHL or FedEx's method of shipment, and thus the Weibull was untraceable in either system. Beautiful. Can't believe Facebook would allow scammers on their website. Oh, Oh, this is actually, (laughs) this is brilliant on the scammers part. This is genius because if you've ever tried to call any usps they don't pick up no there is no way to get in touch with the usps it's impossible i bet and there is some small town where they actually pick up the phone <laughs> at the post office yeah in a small town all of, of six the calls people. are being forwarded to the same <laughs> local post office across the country <laughs> it's just one guy like hello, 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 hello. no and and you um, know to be fair even if they did pick up the phone what are they going to say yep we don't have it well, and it's the wrong <laughs> shipping company. That's what the yeah, it's saying. the wrong it's shipping like it company. Yes. Yeah, but even like, if it weren't, there's like the the fact that it, there is no tracking information given to you, or if it's wrong, the postal service can't help you with this. No, yeah. we should also just say we're sorry to hear that. Yeah, that sucks. Yes. that you got yes. scammed. Um, hopefully, it doesn't ever happen again. Yeah, but and thank you for sharing that experience with yeah. our listeners, so they don't get scammed the same way. 
Exactly. Yeah, I would, I personally, and again, this is one of those like wibbly wobbly things that it's hard to explain as we run into with that episode <laughs> where I was saying, no, no. And Dan was like, but why? And I couldn't explain <laughs> it. Of Facebook, I would always be incredibly dubious and scrutinous of Facebook ads. It's just too easy to put whatever you want in front of a huge number of people. Having done Facebook ads before for legitimate things myself, you can put that ad in front of anyone, however you want, as long as you have the money to pay for it. And the other thing that I, I and people do, if there used to be a time when they didn't know this, now I think most people know it, but it's still shocking to say it. Look, here's the deal. In all social media, you are the product not Mm -hmm. the customer. The user is the product. The customer is the advertiser. Always. Mm -hmm. You are never the customer. Facebook (laughs) is selling you to the people who are trying to sell. Yes, you are the product. Yes. Yeah. Um, But that that does suck to hear. I'll read it. Trevor, you should should read that one. Yeah. So this is in response to uh, an attend from an attendee of our Big Fat Gay Holiday Spectacular. Uh, Tim writes... (laughs) I just wanted to thank you again for the great magnet. It has a place of honor on my refrigerator. Thanks again. Yay. Also, thank you, Trevor, for the great holiday card. It was a nice surprise. Oh, um, I'm so glad. That holiday card was. It was a great card. Fucking fantastic! <laughs> it is my favorite. It's still it on so our cute. fridge. It's we still have it on the fridge. So the the holiday card they're referring to is we we of course have our holiday card designed every year by artist Bats Langley, and this year it was me as the Nutcracker and Trevor as the Rat King doing battle in the a ballet, prancing a yes. prancing dancing Rat King. Yeah. <laughs> the, the prancing must be commented. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very ballet, balletic, 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 balletic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, that's good to hear that the magnet has a spot in their fridge. Um, and I did hear from I th- basically everyone who got something. Um, I do have a couple other things. I was going to try to do a giveaway on Patreon. And it's just like figuring the logistics of that out, the best way to give stuff out. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe I'll still do it on Patreon. If you want to get a thing, <laughs> sign up for Patreon, I guess. Yeah, we got lots of things. <laughs> we got, some I got things a, to give a hat. Yeah. Some hats, a couple hats. <laughs> We have, we have a, we have a knit cap. We have a baseball cap. We have, I think the refrigerator magnets are dynamite. We use these are limited run by the the way. We we don't have like a whole warehouse of this stuff. This is, this is very limited run. Mostly I think just to like test. Is that right, Trevor? Like just to kind of see like 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 see what it looks like. Yeah. The magnets are very large, which I, I think if we did magnets for sale they wouldn't be this big i was like, like i want a like big old magnet. frisbees, oh, like it's, frisbees. it's kind of cute it's, it's in the, the big name. fat gay podcast yeah. it's not you just have big a fat petite podcast. big fat gay podcast <laughs> magnet like, yeah, yeah. It's, this, it's, this magnet should go in the husky section to shop yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and listeners if you're trying to imagine how big is it it's about the size of your hand yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's a good like four inches circular something yeah like that um yeah well, so our, it just feels great we we check things off of our to-do list yes. i can't remember if that was in the episode or the behind the scenes that was in the i think it was in the scenes, episode it? okay good <laughs> <laughs> i think checked so off our mailbag uh, yeah, to-do list about how well, feels we'll check stuff off we do have yes. one quick tip for the day just a quick reminder that uh, our bearskin promo code is big mm-hmm. fat gay pod it's 15 percent off. off yeah um, and some of the underwear is really nice. So, so yeah. a lot of the underwear is really nice. Yeah. I love their designs. They're very colorful. They're not, you know, boring old, like medium gray underwear. I have, get some I have stuff. flannel looking underwear. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Cruising on to the bit. So our bit for the day, I thought we would try something a little different and just have a, a quick mini story time Ooh. Um, about mail. Right. So okay. I'm just going to put out a question to the group. And see if anybody has an answer. It have have any of you received a love letter that really touched you? <laughs> <laughs> I have two answers for this. All right, all right. <laughs> should I should I go? Is that yeah? Just the whole go. Question? I, I think okay. it's going. not going to be to everybody. It's not going to be. This yeah. is going. I'm going to throw out four questions. <laughs> we'll take one answer each. Well, I got a. This was uh, four years ago. It was just before COVID. I got a random card oh that's right that's right you guys remember this yeah oh yeah. shit yeah oh, and i yeah. don't think i mentioned it on the show i think this was i because i was freaked out by it a little freaked <laughs> out by it, it the, the card it was around valentine's day and the card was anonymously it was addressed to me but it was anonymous there was no 
signature. And it said, it, the card was like, you know, I want you to ride me like a cowboy. And it had like a little cowboy, but it was like a sexual connotation to it. And, and it was handwritten. It, like the card had a cowboy on it and the line was yeah. handwritten. And then, In the post, and like just, this is no email, right? This is, yeah. this is no email. It was, it was mailed, it was to, mailed you, yeah. to me. So they had my At address. Yeah. And it was... It was weird. And like, I was like, I, I shouldn't be freaked out by this because it's essentially a compliment, but also who, like, what's the point of keeping this a secret? It's really just making me wonder who, what, where, when, why, and how. Horses can't sign their name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. That, did you ever find out who it was from? I did find out. Well, okay. did I confirm that? I had a, a strong suspicion. I think I did confirm it. Yeah, I figured out who okay, it was from. Good. Which all right. was all the more confusing, I have to say, once I discovered who it was. It was not my partner. It was, it, we were not dating at the time, but it wasn't him. Have you ever written a letter you were afraid to send? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Several times. Yes. I mean, yes. I, not letter, but email. Email. Well, I mean, I, I think if it's a length, it's like not a text, but an email, that still counts. You know? yeah. yeah. And and I'm one of these people, because because I do write professionally, I will like, write something and then rewrite it and then rewrite it mm-hmm. because yeah. I realized that my first draft is just <laughs> my first draft is the thing I would tell my students never to write <laughs> like, Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. This needs a rewrite. Uh, I, it's, it's, re- it's repetitious. It whines. It's like, just get to the point. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in if it's anything that you're even remotely, I would say this maybe for every email, but especially if you're emotionally invested, mm. uh, write it, read it if you want to, and then let it sit. For as long mm-hmm. as you can. At, at least 24 hours. At I agree least, with that completely. Yeah, at sure. least 24 hours. Even, I feel that way even about casually emotional emails. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't need to be a high stakes one for me. I'll let it, I'll let it marinate you, a bit. You know, my, my ex, who was really a brilliant uh, psychologist, he, he had this best piece of advice for this. He said, you know, you get, you get this disturbing communication and you want to address whatever it is. And rather, sure, there's a million ways you could go off on it. You could react to it. You could not say anything. You do a lot of things, right? And he said, what do you want to happen? Like, you're going to send something Mm -hmm. or not send something. What is the result you would like to achieve? And therefore, that's the communication you should write. Yeah. Something that will be further in that result. It's so, and all of a sudden, all this shit goes away. Like, oh, well, given that I never want to talk to them again, I could just do that now. Or given yeah. that, <laughs> or given that, you know, I want to say thanks for sharing, but no, I could just write that, you know, like what yeah. is the result you want? Yeah. All right. Our next question for the day. Have you ever sent a fan letter? Who oh. to, and was it responded to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear, I hear some embarrassment uh, coming from Dan here. Yeah, I think I got right. one. I don't, even, right, I, I, I don't think Trevor even knows this. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was probably, I don't know, let's, let's say 10, maybe nine. And I was a big Disney head, especially Disneyland, Disneyland, Disneyland. Didn't really care about the movies. Really? Didn't care so much about the characters. Uh, but I was really into Disneyland. You were like, a Disney boy. I would not have guessed that. Well, not the characters, really. I was. It was more like the nerdy kind of like, oh, how does this roller coaster work? Oh, yeah, the know, Imagineering. The Imagineering much heavier on the Imagineering back I gotcha. around those times when in, in the sense. park. Yeah. That was fascinating to me. Yeah. Um. So uh, I don't know how it came about, but Disney was. No, I think this is just my own idea. I don't think they they solicited anything. I just got it in my head that. Donald Duck's girlfriend needed a name and I wrote to propose a name that I thought would be <laughs> what Donald Duck's girlfriend what? should be named. <laughs> and uh, because of the the way the character was drawn, it was, you know, she was, you know, sort of a, a take, take charge kind of duck gal. And mm-hmm. I decided that the appropriate name for that kind of character would be Donna. <laughs> huh. So Donna Duck, right? And the people at Disney wrote me back a very nice letter thanking me for my interest and, of course, being part of the Disney family and saying, but I, you know, actually, she already has a name. Oh. And let me tell you, gentlemen of the podcast, it is a terrible name for that character. Her name is Daisy. 
Oh, I remember Daisy Duck. Which is yeah. not a really great name for a bossy duck. <laughs> you <laughs> know, maybe it's, it's an ironic name. Maybe, maybe it's, it's ironic. Funny. Maybe it's, but, you know, for the nine-year-old in me, I was like, that Daisy, that's ridiculous. That's terrible. <laughs> Donna's What are they thinking over there? <laughs> I, so maybe I somebody just, can really <laughs> take charge. <laughs> I looked up to see, like, because I was like, wait, when, when did they intro? Because I assumed that Daisy must have been named at that point. Yeah. And she was, but before Daisy. Uh-oh. Mm. <gasps> is Donald There is around? a Donna Duck. Yes. A no. character named Donna Duck who was, I think, like one of the earliest uh, iterations of I'm sorry, did you a say female a, a, counterpart. Did you say a Latin character? It says a Latin character. Uh, well, the pictures Latin of her on Finding Online are she's dressed like Carmen Miranda. Oh, okay. From, because there was a short Don Donald. Yeah. Wow. Look how smart Dan, I am. Dan, you were ahead of the curve <laughs> or behind the curve. I'm not actually sure. Well, yes. You were curving. You were a curve. That's for well, sure. Well, I think most of my life can be said that I was either in front of or behind a curve of being run over by it or having to let it pass me by. <laughs> what we know for sure is that there were curves involved. There were curves involved and I wasn't at the top of it. <laughs> well, dear listener, do you have a Disney character that you think got the wrong name? Trevor, where can they tell us about it? Well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. There we go. Here's the music. We're on Facebook at the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars everywhere. Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on YouTube Music now, I guess. Yes, we are. Um, people have subscribed to us on there, too. Huzzah! Oh, cool. yeah. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Big, big, big fat big gay big. pod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. That's all, folks. Uh, it's the last time I put brandy in your coffee. I'll tell yeah. You. Um, <laughs> maybe you are uh, on hold at the post office. <laughs> oh, no. No one ever picks up. <laughs> but Michael's picking up, so <laughs> Hello Operator <laughs> Watch out <laughs>